book eight chapter eight of history of the reformation in the sixteenth century volume two by jean henri mail d'aubigne translated by henry beveridge this LibriVox recording is in the public domain chapter eight zwinglius did not spare himself his many labours called for some relaxation and he was ordered to the baths of Fefes ah said hierus one of the pupils who lodged with him and who thus expressed the feeling of all who knew zwinglius had i a hundred tongues a hundred mouths a brazen throat as virgil expresses it or rather had i the eloquence of cicero how could i express all i owe to you and all that i feel at this separation zwinglius however set out and reached pfeffers through the astonishing gorge formed by the impetuous torrent of the jamina he descended into that infernal abyss as the hermit david called it and arrived at the baths which are perpetually agitated by the dashing of the torrent and bedewed by the spray of its foaming water where zwinglius lodged it was so dark that candles were burnt at midday he was even assured by the inmates that frightful phantoms sometimes appeared in the darkness even here zwinglius found opportunity to serve his master his affability won the heart of several of the patients among others a celebrated poet philip ingentinus professor at freiburg in brigau who thenceforward became a zealous supporter of the reformation god watched over his own work and was pleased to hasten it zwinglius's defect lay in his strength strong in body strong in character strong in talents he was to see all these varieties of strength broken that he might thereby become such an instrument as god loves to employ he stood in need of baptism that of adversity infirmity feebleness and pain such a baptism luther had received at that period of agony when the cell and long passages of the convent of erfurt resounded with his cries zwinglius was to receive it by being brought into contact with sickness and death the heroes of this world the charles twelfths and napoleons have a moment which is decisive of their career and their glory and it is when they all at once become conscious of their strength there is an analogous moment in the life of god's heroes but it is in a contrary direction it is when they recognize their impotence and nothingness thenceforth they receive strength from on high such a work as that of which zwinglius was to be the instrument is never accomplished by man's natural strength it would immediately wither away like a tree transplanted after its full growth and when in full leaf a plant must be feeble in order to take root and a grain of corn must die in the ground before it can yield a full return god led zwinglius and with him the work of which he was the stay to the gates of the grave it is from among bones and darkness and the dust of the dead that god is pleased to take the instruments by means of which he illumines regenerates and revives the earth zwinglius was hidden among the immense rocks which hem in the furious torrent of the germina when he unexpectedly learned that the plague or as it was termed the great death was at zurich 
this dreadful scourge broke out in august on st lawrence day lasted till candlemas and carried off two thousand five hundred persons the young people who lodged with zwinglius had immediately left conformably to directions which he had given his house was empty but it was to him the very moment to return he hurriedly quitted pfeffers and reappearing in the bosom of his flock now decimated by the plague he immediately sent to wildhaus for his young brother andrew who wished to attend him from that moment he devoted himself entirely to the victims of this dreadful scourge every day he preached christ and his consolations to the sick his friends delighted to see him safe and sound in the midst of so many fatal darts still felt a secret alarm conrad brunner who himself died of the plague a few months after writing him from Baal, said do good but at the same time remember to take care of your life it was too late zwinglius was seized with the plague the great preacher of switzerland was stretched on a bed from which perhaps he was never again to rise he communed with himself and turned his eye heavenward he knew that christ had given him a sure inheritance and disclosing the feelings of his heart in a hymn remarkable for unction and simplicity of which not being able to give the antique and expressive phraseology we have endeavoured to preserve the rhythm and literal meaning he exclaimed my door has opened death appears my god my strength dispel all fears o jesus raise thy pierced arm and break the sword that caused alarm but if my soul in life's midday thy voice recalls then i obey ah let me die for i am thine thy mansions wait such faith as mine meanwhile the disease gains ground and this man the hope of the church and of switzerland is beheld by his despairing friends as about to become the prey of the tomb his senses and strength forsake him his heart becomes alarmed but he is still able to turn towards god and exclaims my ills increase haste to console terrors overwhelm my heart and soul death is at hand my senses fail my voice is choked now christ prevail lo satan strains to snatch his prey i feel his hand must i give way he harms me not i fear no loss for here i lie before thy cross canon hoffman sincere in his own belief could not bear the idea of allowing zwinglius to die in the errors which he had preached accordingly he waited on the provost of the chapter and said to him think of the danger of his soul does he not give the name of fantastical innovators to all the doctors who have appeared for the last three hundred and eighty years and more to alexander hales st bonaventura albert the great thomas aquinas and all the canonists does he not maintain that their doctrines are the dreams which they dreamed in their cowls within the walls of their cloisters better had it been for the town of zurich that zwinglius had for a series of years destroyed our vintage and harvest there he lies at the brink of death do i beseech you save his poor soul 
it would seem that the provost was more enlightened than the canon and deemed it unnecessary to convert zwinglius to st bonaventura and albert the great he was left at peace the whole town was in mourning all the faithful cried to god night and day beseeching him to restore their faithful pastor terror had passed from zurich to the mountains of the tockenberg where also the plague had appeared seven or eight persons had perished in the village among them a servant of nicholas a brother of zwinglius no letter was received from the reformer and his young brother andrew wrote tell me my dear brother in what state you are the abbot and all our brothers desire to be remembered as the parents of zwinglius are not mentioned it would seem that they were now dead the news of zwinglius's illness and even a rumour of his death spread in switzerland and germany alas exclaimed hedio in tears the safety of the country the gospel trumpet the magnanimous herald of truth is smitten with death in the flower of his life and so to speak in the springtide of his days when the news reached baal the whole town was filled with lamentation and mourning the spark of life which remained in zwinglius was however rekindled though his body was still feeble his soul was impressed with the unaltered conviction that god had called him to replace the torch of his word on the candlestick of the church the plague had abandoned its victim and zwinglius exclaims with emotion my god my father healed by thee on earth again i bend my knee now sin no more shall mark my days my mouth henceforth shall sing thy praise the uncertain hour come when it may perchance may bring still worse dismay but let it come with joy i'll rise and bear my yoke straight to the skies zwinglius was no sooner able to hold the pen this was in the beginning of november than he wrote to his family this gave inexpressible delight to them all especially to his young brother andrew who himself died of the plague the following year and at whose death ulrich to use his own words wept and cried like a woman at baal conrad brunner a friend of zwinglius and bruno ammerbach a famous printer both young men were cut off after three days illness the rumour having spread in this town that zwinglius had also fallen the whole university was in mourning he whom god loves is perfected in the flower of his life said they how great was their joy when Collinus, a student of lucerne and afterwards a merchant in zurich brought word that zwinglius had escaped the jaws of death john faber vicar to the bishop of constance long the friend and afterwards the most violent adversary of zwinglius wrote to him oh my dear ulrich how delighted i am to learn that you have escaped the jaws of cruel death when you are in danger the christian commonwealth is threatened the design of the lord in these trials is to urge you forward in the pursuit of eternal life this was indeed the design and it was accomplished though in a different way from what faber anticipated the plague of fifteen hundred and nineteen which made such fearful ravages in the north of switzerland was in the hand of god a powerful means of converting a great number of persons 
but on none had it a greater influence than on zwinglius hitherto he had been too much disposed to regard the gospel as mere doctrine but now it became a great reality he returned from the gates of the grave with a new heart his zeal was more active his life more holy his word more free christian and powerful this was the period of zwinglius's complete emancipation he from this time devoted himself to god the new life thus given to the reformer was communicated at the same time to the swiss reformation the divine rod the great death in passing over all their mountains and descending into all their valleys added to the sacredness of the movement which was then taking place the reformation being plunged like zwinglius into the waters of affliction and of grace came forth purer and more animated in regard to the regeneration of switzerland the gospel sun was now at its height zwinglius who still strongly felt the want of new strength received it in intercourse with his friends his closest intimacy was with myconius they walked hand in hand like luther and melanchthon oswald was happy at zurich it is true his position was cramped but everything was softened by the virtues of his modest spouse it was of her that glarion said were i to meet a young girl resembling her i would prefer her to the daughter of a king but a faithful voice was often heard disturbing the sweet friendship of zwinglius and myconius it was that of canon xylotect who calling to oswald from lucerne summoned him to return to his country lucerne said he to him not zurich is your country you say that the zurichers are your friends granted but do you know what the evening star will bring you serve your country this i advise i implore and if i am able command xylotect not confining himself to words procured the appointment of myconius to the college school of lucerne after this oswald no longer hesitated he saw the finger of god in the appointment and determined to make the sacrifice how great soever it might be who could say whether he might not be an instrument in the hand of the lord to diffuse the doctrine of peace in warlike lucerne but how painful the separation between zwinglius and myconius they parted in tears ulrich shortly after wrote to oswald your departure has been as serious a loss to the cause which i defend as that which is sustained by an army in battle array when one of its wings is destroyed ah i now am aware of all that my myconius was able to do and how often without my knowing it he maintained the cause of christ zwinglius felt the loss of his friend the more because the plague had left him in a state of great feebleness writing on the thirtieth of november fifteen nineteen he says it has weakened my memory and wasted my intellect when scarcely convalescent he had resumed all his labours but said he in preaching i often lose the thread of my discourse i feel languid in all my members and somewhat as if i were dead moreover zwinglius by his opposition to indulgences had excited the wrath of their partisans oswald strengthened his friend by letters which he wrote him from lucerne 
and did he not also receive pledges of assistance from the lord in the protection which he gave to the saxon champion who was gaining such important victories over rome what think you said myconius to zwinglius of the cause of luther for my part i have no fear either for the gospel or for him if god does not protect his truth who will protect it all that i ask of the lord is not to withdraw his aid from those who hold nothing dearer than his gospel continue as you have begun and an abundant recompense awaits you in heaven the visit of an old friend helped to console zwinglius for the loss of myconius bunsley who had been his teacher at baal and had succeeded the dean of wessen the reformer's uncle arrived at zurich in the first week of the year fifteen hundred and twenty and zwinglius and he thereafter resolved to set out together to baal to see their common friends this visit of zwinglius bore fruit oh my dear zwinglius wrote john glother to him at a later period never will i forget you the thing which binds me to you is the goodness with which during your stay at baal you came to see me me a petty schoolmaster living in obscurity without learning or merit and of humble station what wins me is the elegance of your manners and that indescribable meekness with which you subdue all hearts even stones if i may so speak but zwinglius's visit was still more useful to his old friends capito hedio and others were electrified by the power of his eloquence the former commencing in baal the work which zwinglius was doing at zurich began to expound the gospel of st matthew before an auditory which continued to increase the doctrine of christ penetrated and inflamed all hearts the people received it joyfully and with acclamation hailed the revival of christianity it was the aurora of the reformation accordingly a conspiracy of monks and priests was soon formed against capito it was at this time that albert the young cardinal archbishop of mentz who felt desirous of attaching a man of so much learning to his person called him to his court capito seeing the difficulties which were thrown in his way accepted the invitation the people were moved and turning with indignation against the priests raised a tumult in the town hedio was proposed as his successor but some objected to his youth while others said he is his pupil truth bites said hedio it is not advantageous to offend too delicate ears by telling it no matter nothing will turn me from the straight path the monks redoubled their efforts believe not those exclaimed they from the pulpit who say that the sum of christian doctrine is found in the gospel and in st paul scotus has done more for christianity than st paul himself all the learning that has ever been spoken or printed has been stolen from scotus all that has been done since by men eager for fame has been to throw in some greek and hebrew terms which have only darkened the matter the tumult increased and there was reason to fear that on capito's departure it would become still more serious i will be almost alone thought hedio poor i to struggle with these formidable monsters accordingly he invoked the assistance of god and wrote to zwinglius inflame my courage by writing often 
learning and christianity are now placed between the hammer and the anvil luther has just been condemned by the universities of louvain and cologne if ever the church was in imminent danger it is at this hour capito left Baal for mentz twenty eighth of april and hedio succeeded him not content with the public assemblies in the church at which he continued his exposition of st matthew he proposed in the month of june as he wrote to luther to have private meetings in his own house to give more thorough evangelical instruction to those who might feel the want of it this powerful method of communicating the truth and exciting in the faithful an interest and zeal in divine things could not fail then as it never does to awaken opposition in the men of the world and in domineering priests both of whom though from different motives are equally desirous that god should be worshipped only within the precincts of a particular building but hedio was invincible at the same period when he formed this good resolution at Baal, there arrived at Zurich one of those characters who often emerge like impure froth from the vortex of revolutions. Senator Grebel, a man of great influence in Zurich, had a son named Conrad, a youth of remarkable talents and a relentless enemy of ignorance and superstition, which he attacked with cutting satire he was boisterous violent sarcastic and bitter in his expression without natural affection given to debauchery always talking loudly of his own innocence while he could see nothing but what was wrong in others we speak of him here because he is afterwards to play a melancholy part at this period vadian married a sister of conrad and conrad who was studying at paris where his misconduct had deprived him of the use of his limbs desiring to be present at the marriage appeared suddenly about the beginning of june amidst his family the poor father received the prodigal's son with a gentle smile his fond mother with tears the tenderness of his parents made no change on his unnatural heart his kind and unhappy mother having some time after been brought to the gates of death conrad wrote to his brother-in-law vadian my mother is recovered she again rules the house sleeps awakes grumbles breakfasts scolds dines makes a racket sups and is perpetually a burden to us she runs cooks recooks sweeps the house toils kills herself with fatigue and will shortly bring on a relapse such was the man who at a later period pretended to lord it over zwinglius and who took the lead among fanatical anabaptists divine providence perhaps allowed such characters to appear at the period of the reformation that their disorders might the better bring out the wise christian and orderly spirit of the reformers everything announced that the battle between the gospel and the papacy was about to commence let us stir up the temporizers wrote hedio to zurich the peace is broken let us arm our hearts the enemies we shall have to combat are most fierce myconius wrote in the same strain to ulrich who however answered their warlike appeals with admirable meekness i should like said he to gain these obstinate men by kindness and good offices rather than overcome them by violence and disputation that they call our doctrine which however is not ours a doctrine of the devil is nothing more than natural 
it proves to me that we are indeed the ambassadors of christ the devils cannot be silent in his presence end of book eight chapter eight